one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this, my friends, is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Namsock. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our news and cues, and this week, Kenobi episodes. We got news, we got questions, and we got so much Kenobi to talk about, which I, for one, am thrilled about, and I'm sure you are too, Ken. You know the old classic uh, Yacht Rock song, it's the year of the cat, it's the spring of Kenobi. (laughs) 
We're good. The spring of Kenobi sounds like a musical I would be happy to see. Another Star Wars musical idea here on Force Center, where Ken tries to sing but fails. Uh, before we get to all that and some great questions, including one <laughs> referencing a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, uh, we are going to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And you know, say with me a little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But that is not all. No, we have another offer. Inside Editions is a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books and other pop culture books. One I'm going to buy for my wife. They are offering 35% off across their website if you use this special link. InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week we are recommending the Insight Editions book, Jedi Artifacts. It is a book, but it is also a treasure trove of ideas and fun uh, toys, artifacts of Jedi. I absolutely love this book, so you should check it out with this link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. Great stuff, indeed. Yeah, I really, truly do love the stuff there. I, I have that big Game of Thrones photography book, which has intro and behind-the-scenes uh, photos. And it's just one of those books that, you know, you know, Joseph, you love them, too, where you just, you get them, they're on your coffee table, and you just open, you just look at a picture, and you, all you do is go, yeah, yeah, that's that thing I like. And then you close <laughs> the book, and then you feel good. It's like looking at the ocean, but it's a book of just like, that's nice, or a cloud, or a tree, like, that's nice, it exists, and it makes me happy. I think you just stumbled onto a great Inside Editions catchphrase. It's like <laughs> looking at an ocean. Uh, we always love to catch up with Star Wars and life adventures. Uh, where did Star Wars meet us in the real world? What toys did we see hanging on a shelf? What do we got, Joseph? What do you, what do you got? What's your Star Wars and life adventures? Oh, it was kind of kind of a lot uh, in, in kind of also Zen. Um, I'm distracted yeah. now thinking about a whole Kenobi musical. Uh, <laughs> as soon as we started joking about it, I think the, the you know initial song would be uh, Hello There. <laughs> is Obi-Wan greets the audience. And then I thought of, hello, is it me you're looking for? And then I thought, well, Kenobi wouldn't want to be found. So he would have a song called, hello there, it isn't me you're looking for with a little, you know, <laughs> Jedi mind trick hand wave. Anyway, uh, my, my life in Star Wars Adventures have just been really wanting to reconnect to the joy and reconnect uh, to the light. Mm. Um, this week uh, has been uh, uh, an absolute uh <laughs> a banger's not quite right uh, a crucible it's been a really busy week uh in in life stuff some some family stuff that's not mine to talk about and some other stuff that's just tmi but it was <laughs> really uh, a gauntlet there's the noun i'm looking for it was a gauntlet of a week um in the middle of which you know this last book of boba fett episode which you just had had this bounty of characters and ideas and connections um and then as the days passed after the episode came out, uh, there was, of course, some joy and some love on social media. But there were just so many um, very, very strong opinions, which I think is is totally natural. We all love Star Wars and uh, it, we take it very <laughs> personally. Mm-hmm. So then when when something happens that we're not sure about, you know, uh, we get really we can we can get really upset. But I was just um the amount of angst online, I'm not even going to call it anger or, you know, mm-hmm. blame anybody for <laughs> feeling strongly. There were a lot of strong opinions and then opinions about the way opinions were received <laughs> and the, the should Boba Fett be it in more? Is it a valid criticism? What is Luke saying about attachment? You know, uh, why haven't we seen the rancor more? <laughs> yeah. Um, all, all the discussions valid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the tone of it was, for me, like, 
the discussions are valid, but how do we express them? And yeah. the emotions with which they were being expressed on social media was like overwhelming for me because, yeah. uh, again, the, the questions, the discussion, the criticisms, all valid, but the emotions. I want Star Wars ultimately for me to always be something that brings joy. And if there's something that I don't like, I at least want to be able to kind of discuss it with, uh, with respect and understanding and, and patience. That's the goal, right? So this thing I love can continue to be something that I love and not something that I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of had those things on my mind. And on Saturday, my wife and I went to the Sconso Gardens, which we, we go to often. There was a great uh, poetry reading. And it was just great to get back out in the world and kind of step away from, from social media with all those valid thoughts and criticisms kind of ringing in my head and in myself thinking through them and how I feel about them, but to step away from the sort of the angst of it and reconnect with how Star Wars just exists <laughs> in the real world. You know, everything from the sort of, for me, thematic stuff of like, yeah, being in nature makes me think about my relationship with Star Wars and philosophy, but then like at a beautiful park and walk by just a guy with the t-shirt of Darth Vader, but he's got a surfboard. <laughs> just like that sense of fun and uh is it like a cat sis up <laughs> he walked by too fast and i almost had that sir sir i need to talk to you about your t-shirt but it's just that like you that you know star wars exists everywhere you know you in in our culture um uh that we went to uh this uh, bookstore near descanso gardens which i really love called lost books and uh there's like a kind of old-timey toy store close to it called tom's toys that i'd never been in um and I found some some Star Wars figures that I've heard rumor of, but I haven't seen on shelves that there's this weird five inch line. Uh, mm. And I got a five inch uh, Vader, not with surfboard, sadly, and a, a five inch scale Grogu. Uh, obviously, Grogu himself isn't five inches, but it's just like, hey, I went to an old timey toy store yeah. on like kind of an old downtown, you know, boulevard and, and found action figures. And I was like, this is like when I was a kid again, I didn't pre-order from a website. I just walked in and found it an old timey toy store. And then, uh, talked to my dad on, on Sunday. Uh, we often have a phone call on Sunday and you know, my, my dad loved star Wars kind of through us, you know, my brother and I, he loved it because it was something that he could take his kids to and buy, buy his toys. And it gave us joy. And he cut, he liked Han Solo, uh, but he, he didn't, you know, he, he doesn't know what midi chlorians are. He would be, so, he was that a new model of a car. He, you know, he's not. Yeah. So he, he had heard on the radio people talking about Luke Skywalker and he's like, now I, I bet you might've heard of this with that podcast, but you know, there's that, uh, Bobo, Bobo, Bobo Fett show. <laughs> and I guess Luke Skywalker was on it, but he was a computer. <laughs> like, yeah. uh-huh. Uh, yeah, dad, I know. <laughs> but he was like really engaged and he's like, ah, he's been getting into streaming uh, services and, yeah, yeah. you know, it's spending more time picking out shows. And I was like, well, we got to get you even just a trial of, of Disney plus because he loves Western. So like, Oh, you'll, you'll love these shows uh, that are on there now. Cause they're so influenced by Western. So anyway, that's a lot of individual adventures, but for me, the way it came together was uh, respect the criticisms, respect the discussions step away from the anger and reconnect with the real world where star Wars exists in this multitude of ways. Many of them very, you know, joyful. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. I won't, I won't go too, too far down my own path. This is your life adventure here. I want to hear more about this garden, uh, which I've, <laughs> I've been to and love. Yeah, this, look, I, I always joke and say I have words muted and everything, but it does, the stuff can find me eventually. It's, it's pretty nice to have a lot of words muted. I will say that. But a lot of times, just not in Star Wars, you find something I hear, and I, this is how we react to it. I see what you're saying. That's a great point. Now get off my uh, front porch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't ask you here, but I'm here, you know? So anyways, yeah, I know what you mean. It can be, it can be disheartening. It can be overwhelming uh, in a lot of ways, not just Star Wars, just life, but yeah. Star yeah. Wars. Just life in general. Yeah. yeah. And again, just cause I want to be very clear. Uh, I think it is great to question things and many of the debates yeah. I found interesting and found value and made me go, Hmm, I'm not sure if I agree with that, but let me really take some time uh, to consider yeah. that analysis of the show. Uh, all that's valid for me. It's the emotion that it comes with the way it's presented. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that's my, that's my long life in star Wars adventures. Uh, how about you Two, two. We always like to do the update on the toy aisles, right? And, uh, <laughs> you know, the, your, your great description of the sad lobots just kind of is that great, uh, all encompassing topic, uh, you know, the, the description <laughs> of just, uh, when you see a figure, star Wars figure left on a shelf for too long. And uh, I was at uh, one of my targets nearby and, and they, they, they keep having a black series, a six inch quill is there. And I don't have that one. I might just one day have to do, do, do it. Just get it. Just pull the, pull the purchase uh, trigger there and take it home. <laughs> but they had uh, one of my visits. Uh, they had q uh, Q9 uh, zero, which is uh, zero. The droid from uh, Mandalorian, Richard, Richard Attaway plays him, uh, voices him. And uh, I went back a, a day later in one of those, you know, ah, I forgot that at Target. I got to go back, right? And I went the next day and it was gone. Wow. The two quills were still there calling to me. Uh, but um, there, I had this weird feeling almost as if I was being watched. I was like, oh, there's another Star Wars fan in a couple city blocks from here. But they bought that. And they turned the corner and went, oh, oh, zero. I got to get that. I got to complete my collection. And it just, it warmed my heart, right? That, you know, I always talk about shared unique journey. I walk around in that rebel hat now. You sometimes catch in the imperial hat. And, and you know, people are always going to make a comment about that. They're going to look at your Vader surfs up, sis up shirt, make a comment about it. Um, <laughs> But I just was like, some there's a Star Wars fan nearby, and I just it just brought me great comfort and joy. Oh, that is really great. Yeah, to to know that it is there, but you can't see it. You haven't bumped into this person yet, but maybe someday you will, and you'll be like, "Did you buy Q nine zero on this exact date?" I did. I did. The other thing is going back to a line that is it's a four setter favorite, and it's a favorite of a lot of people. And I remember the first time it's a line I've been aware of since 1999. It's your focus determines your reality, quite God. And I remember the first time uh, you brought it up in, in a deeper discussion kind of manner here on the show. And and, the, and it was one of those lines that I just it resonated with me even more and more. Right. You just kind of mm -hmm. stopped. You thought about it. And and it's one of those Star Wars lines. And and, and part of the reason I think you, you're feeling some of the stuff you're feeling about the online discussion world and stuff like that is, is we do love this thing. And we do, we love it more than just something we watch one time and we collect some figures. It informs a lot of our what our life is. It's how powerful of a, of a thing it is beyond mm -hmm. franchise or movie book series. It, it's it's a it's a way of life. It's a philosophy. And I, I embrace that. Like life's too short. <laughs> life's too uh, painful. Uh, Star Wars doesn't just give me joy. It also helps me uh, in the real world. And that's why we even have these Star Wars and Life Measures discussions. I was, I'm trying to take on alternating weekends. I, I take a little more time for myself. Uh, mm. The freelance lifestyle Joseph and I and others, others live is seven days a week most of the time. And, and you, you can, you know, you're working to survive. You're working for fun, but you're working just for the next day sometimes. And every other week I alternate my biweekly uh, Saturday night uh, Napsack podcast. It takes a lot of writing and, and uh, I just do my music show now on Saturday nights. That's fun. 
And I was like, oh, and on Sunday, you know, you know, it goes, you wake up, you read a book next, you know, you, you got, you, you, we're going for a morning coffee walk. I'm going to go work out and I'm not the rock. I'm not in there for four hours. I'm in there, I'm in there for 45 <laughs> minutes. And then you come out, then you shower and then you start thinking about lunch. It's three o'clock. The day right. is done. The day is done. And I was starting to get really grumpy. Uh, and, and Grace was kind of pointing it out and, and giving me sage advice on just like, you know, the day's not done, Dodo. Um, but I was, I was really getting upset. I was just really in my head, just like my day is done. My day for myself is because I have to go to Lowe's because I need to replace that faucet. And, and it's going to be <laughs> six o'clock and it's going to be nighttime and I've lost my day. And I thought of Qui-Gon and I thought of you and I discussing Qui-Gon in that line for so many times. And I thought of your focus determines reality. And I slowed down, changed my tune, ended up having a great day. Uh, you and I are shifting some recording schedules around. I was like, you know what? That's going to give me a little extra hour here. I don't have to be as stressed. I can handle some stuff Monday. You know what? We're good. We're golden. And I'm going to move forward with that. And thank you, Star Wars. And thank you, Qui-Gon. So I, I love that. We always share those kind of stories, too. You go into a garden to connect with uh, nature and why you love Star Wars. And, and me and a target going, calm down. <laughs> calm down. What did Qui-Gon say? It all works as Star Wars. Yeah, I love that Star Wars can be this like it's, uh, you know, epic and silly. And it is, you know, monk wizards with laser swords. But like those, those lessons, those ideas are that like, where do I feel Star Wars the most uh, at Lowe's <laughs> yeah. when I'm cranky about a, a chore? Yeah. Where is a one eighth uh, measured uh, faucet head? <laughs> I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Qui-Gon would agree. Yeah. So anyways, that's why we share these stories. Yeah. Star Wars is everywhere. It's a silly, it's the profound, it's everything in between. So yeah. Star Wars. And did you get to do something fun then with your evening? You know, I did. I, I uh, been playing, uh, you know, play my cowboy game. It's how I relax and, uh, you know, play Red Dead online. And my friend, John Mariano out there in New York, uh, it's like, it's funny. He, we're about the same age, but it's um, it's turned into almost like a slumber party because Grace will be like, all right, I'm going to go take a bath and I'll be like, oh, I got a couple hours. Johnny, are you up? And then I'll pour a lemon. I poured lemonade and I had uh, uh, Ben and Jerry's non-dairy uh, frozen dessert. They can't legally call it ice cream. I uh, love it. At, at, at a cherry Garcia, bowl of cherry Garcia lemonade and hung out with my friend Johnny playing cowboy games. It was a relaxing uh, time. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so I did. Thank you, Qui-Gon. Thank you, Star Wars. All right, we're going to look at some Star Wars news. And, man, there's a lot of Kenobi fans out there. I'm a big Kenobi fan, too. But, Joseph, uh, you uh, you wear your love for Kenobi on, <laughs> on your cape. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited for all of us. But excited for you. It's, like I said, spring of Kenobi. And we got some big uh, Kenobi news stories here today to discuss. Um, new Obi-Wan Kenobi comic book. On the way, this is from Marvel, and this May we'll get a five-issue uh, miniseries from Mar Marvel called Star Wars, colon, Obi-Wan, written by Christopher Cantwell with art from Ario and Indito. The series will be set in the days, I put that in all caps, the days leading up the events of A New Hope. Kenobi will be chronicling his adventures in the journal that Luke eventually finds. This is uh, editor's note, as they say in the comics, covered in previous Marvel comics, uh, issues uh, blank, blank, and blank. The adventures will span his entire life, from his Jedi initiate days to times as a Padawan, the Clone Wars, and beyond. Uh, Cantwell told Dan Brooks of StarWars.com patient, that patience and fortitude are the heart of Kenobi, and each issue deals with those themes. So, Joseph, I'm going to start generally here, kick it to you with what are we looking forward to in this five-issue series? Yeah, there's uh, there's so much that I'm looking forward to. Um, I think one of the things that I go to is I'm really fascinated by the framing device. 
like obviously uh, the journals uh, that Kenobi kept journals is a storytelling device that we were introduced to in the, you know, original Marvel Star Wars run of the, uh, of the Disney Lucasfilm era. And it's, yeah, it's a great storytelling device of how Luke can learn more about Kenobi and how we, the audience can just hear a cool Kenobi story of like, how else are we going to hear about Kenobi fighting black Chrysanthemum, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think th- it sounds like this, uh, five issue run is really going to examine the act of looking back right Mm -hmm. that it's a cool storytelling device but when you think of it from a character perspective of why would this jedi who's been in hiding take the time in these final days before he senses change coming to write everything down uh that's what's really interesting uh to me and uh, it, it, the author, uh, Christopher Cantwell, kind of alludes to it in the in- interview as well of it's a great way for Kenobi to prepare himself for change, you know, mm. looking back honestly at his own life and going, hey, if I really look at some of the moments in my life that I think it's important to record, like, what did I learn? How did I become the person that I was? How is that going to help me guide Luke if now is the time? And also, it, to me, it suggests a, a possibility that Kenobi realizes, well, big change is coming. And one of the biggest changes that might happen is me no longer physically being in this realm. You know, right. if he's been studying for years to master the ability to uh, retain one's identity within the cosmic force uh, to selflessly help Luke be able to continue to help Luke's journey. If that's at all in Kenobi's mind and he's going through like, what do I need to write down? Like this feels like in some ways the, uh, the fancy mythic force version of I'm getting all my documents in order before I go. <laughs> yeah, I had that thought of, I bequeath some of these uh, things in my hut to uh, young Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah, that's great stuff there. I'd love to dive into more of that idea of too, of what you're saying of just him looking back, why he's looking back. And I think at times there's uh, sometimes a lot of Kenobi's actions are uh, discussed in a wonderful way of, of he ain't perfect. Even though he's a poster child, we always say, uh, you know, doing the, his best for the Jedi Order, steadfast. We'll talk about patience and fortitude. <laughs> but yeah, he's made mis- some mistakes because he's a well-rounded character. And I love that about Kenobi. And I love uh, would love to get his thoughts on some of that. I, I, I still think we're going to be dealing with that a lot in the Kenobi series about the big one. But, you know, I, I don't say, I don't know if this is, this comic is the, the place f- for that answer. I don't know. I want to keep open to a lot of things to say, but like, maybe, you know, should I have run off with Satine? What if I had done that? Well, mm-hmm. I'm like glad I didn't do that. And all those kind of things. I'd love to play around with that kind of stuff and just get Kenobi's perspective on it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that there's so many elements to his character and like, yeah, this comic series is going to be new stories right so mm-hmm. there could be a version of this story where kenobi's looking back and he is reviewing the big moments in his life right but these are telling new stories so it, it's interesting to me to think like if he's looking back and going like well you know what has made me who i am what are the strengths what are the flaws uh are they are they little moments you know the because sometimes i think that happens in real life where we remember like the big breakups or the big jobs the big successes and then sometimes our minds wander to like little moments and we realize oh there there's more foundation in those little moments than i realized and, and i expect that the comic's going to be in kind of that lane of where, yeah. what are the little moments that that help make me who i am yeah and how those connect to some of those bigger moments some of those bigger mistakes and again who what makes him and what made me having someone go what made me what nearly broke me uh it's just fascinating for this character who's got so much to to uh share at this point and, yeah uh and 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 where he is mentally 
that great conversation that Claudia Gray wrote in the, uh, from a certain point of view with him and Qui-Gon, um, you know, appearing to him, uh, not too, uh, not too, uh, far before, uh, um, you know, he, he dies. Um, does Kenobi, like I said, have that sense. I get that sense. He would, that, that my time is coming. And, and that final lesson I learned from Yoda is, is now's my time to shine. So, uh, uh, getting ready for that as we head into the Kenobi series and then head into anytime you watch a new hope. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this idea of patience and fortitude being a couple of the biggest things inside of uh, that heart of Kenobi? Yeah, yeah. The uh, the author, uh, Christopher Cantwell, you know, mentions that in this interview. And uh, just a quick sidebar, I, I looked up who Christopher Cantwell is. And if, if you Google on Wikipedia, there's a not great person <laughs> with the same name. Uh, be sure to hit the disambiguation button. Uh. Uh, but uh, Christopher Cantwell has written many comic books, uh, you know, including characters like Captain America and Doctor Doom. But he's also the co-creator of the television show Halt and Catch Fire. He's uh, directed a film called The Parts You Lose. And I'm just excited about that. I'm excited with somebody who is experienced in writing comic books, but also has a kind of screen perspective. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm excited about him in general. But to answer your, your question, I love that uh, in the interview, Cantwell brings up this idea of patience and fortitude. Uh, I think you and I use the word steadfast a lot. It's a character type, but I think that's, that's why I come back to Kenobi. That's what's fascinating to me about him, uh, that he's not in it for the adventure or the excitement. <laughs> he just wants to be the best Jedi he can be. He wants to be a defender of the light. And I think what makes him so fascinating is that is the absolute through line of his existence. But he also has all these weaknesses that make him interesting and charming, right? He's, yeah. he's grumpy. Uh, he's cocky. He has moments of where he's too rigid. He probably does err on the side of withholding, uh, from his Padawans a little bit, uh, both mm -hmm. information and emotion uh, with Anakin and Luke. Those are arguably big mistakes. So nobody's holding up Kenobi is perfect. His, his imperfection is what makes him fascinating. Yeah. But through all of those, those beats that you can discuss of like, Ooh, did he, did he miss the mark a little bit? He is so consistently completely and utterly committed to being a defender of the light side. You know, mm -hmm. um, I could go through a million examples um but in the interest of brevity, you know, I think one of my favorite scenes with Obi-Wan Kenobi is uh, Satine's passing and Maul thinks it's going to break him and Kenobi doesn't break. And that's what makes him such a fascinating character. He's incredibly flawed, but regardless of how much he loses, Qui-Gon, Satine, Anakin, Padme, every other Jedi he's ever known his entire way of life he rises above all that loss and stays committed and pretty selfless mm. just to help others. I love it. This is why you got the Kenobi cape here uh, uh, in, in our four center hut. Uh, absolutely love it. I love, I love uh, trying to, you know, the cost of that patience and how he weighs it against his, his bigger goal or his bigger purpose. And, and those uh, moments of, uh, of doubt that he overcomes every time to remain patient and to keep his uh, fortitude intact. That's uh, something I'm uh, fascinated with. And again, is, is how deep are we going to go in a comic series? I don't know. Christopher Cantwell seems uh, pretty uh, excited to dive on in. And I think he can do it. I think the, 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 the rise of Kylo Ren comic is one that showed me that you can, you can, you can go pretty deep if you want on some of these star Wars comics and other ones do it as well, but a lot of them are fun action and, 
and they keep it the big themes, but they're moving and, and they're comic booky, which is uh, um, maybe why I struggle with them as much. I'm not a huge, uh, sometimes it doesn't vibe with me in Star Wars, but I really think this one with Kenobi, I'm looking forward to it. This is one I'm going to be there uh, first week out uh, to uh, spend more time with this patient Jedi in the desert. Yeah, I will definitely be getting, I often wait for the uh, sort of trade paperback on Comixology, but I think this one I will just get episode to episode because I think these five issue series are great because they don't have to necessarily balance everything else. They're not ensemble yeah. <laughs> things. They they can just really dive into who is this character and in particular, who is this character at this point in their life? Indeed, indeed. Uh, final thought on this here. Uh, anything you, you want to learn specifically from Kenobi as he looks back? And again, like you said, new stories, but they could inform his other, other moments. I'm not sure how much this will work with the Kenobi series. I got to imagine they got to double check, make sure something's not st- stepping on another thing or if it's a connected. So anything you're looking forward to specifically? I think the um, I think looking at all the different points in his life and having him uh, think about how he became who he is. Right. Uh, the uh, I think the steadfastness, the, the commitment to the way of the Jedi, uh, I think just kind of reconnecting with his core values is the the thing that I'm I'm looking forward to and then just like for a little canon stuff like yeah it's really fun to see like okay we're gonna get to see him really young we're gonna get to see an adventure in Clone Wars I'm not looking for like big this is the missing chapter in Kenobi's life I'm looking for those small moments where uh is this a story where he he really learned the value of patience is this a story where he was kind of rigid and judgmental <laughs> and yeah. was mean to a droid when he didn't have to be in? Okay. All right. All right. I made, I made a mistake there. I'm looking forward to the little character study moments. Yeah. The only thing, little specific thing, and this again could be the series, but it'd be fun to, you know, I, I don't necessarily think we would need it in a, in a live action series. It's got a, a bigger thing to kind of uh, live up to a comic where, like you said, you could go in smaller, Hit literally his first few moments and days on Tatooine. I'd be obsessed with that. The what oh. do I do now? How do I get this hot? Where do I drink? What am I doing here? Owen and Brew, you know, do I talk to them? Do I not talk to them? I, I, I would love a little bit of that. Yeah, no, I'm, I think like there for me, I'm so fascinated with that first moment where, you know, he's handed off Luke and he has settled in in that moment that I think we all know from like major events in our life, when you go through like the big noisy part, and then there's inevitably that moment where you're just sat alone and you're supposed to get back to normal life. And that's when it truly hits you. Right. That yeah. first moment where he sits down is like, so this is it then. <laughs> it's like, it's like every time I, I go to a standup gig with Ellis and we check in the hotel, the first thing I do, I, I pick up Google maps just go, all right, so I'm here for the next four days. What is my life like? Where's <laughs> the Walgreens for uh, things I missed in the packing? Where's the food? Where's the drink? Where, what am I doing? What am I doing here? I want to see that with Kenobi. Exactly, exactly. So I'm excited for this one. Happy uh, for the announcement. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a good one indeed. So uh, we'll get ready for that. You know, we're going to probably do a, a look at that series when it comes on out. But around that time, I think we might be a little busy with some other Kenobi stuff, too. Is May the time for Kenobi? This kind of emerged several different places covering this story. But it was the Hollywood Reporter that kind of kicked it up into high gear. Last week, a Disney Plus executive tweeted out our uh, this and I'm keeping his name. He, he protected his tweet. It's probably a mistake. This guy's probably having a bad week at work. So we're not going to make it worse. But he did tweet out our very uh, our, our very own Obi-Wan will be saying hello there on Disney Plus. Ellipsis, May 2022. 
Um, the tweet was quickly deleted. The Twitter guy. <laughs> and then, though, the Hollywood Reporter, Hollywood Reporter said they have a source that corroborates uh, this rumor. Uh, and uh, they even, uh, but even they note it's not official, which is uh, is the truth here. It's not official, but it's not a surprise if true. May just kind of feels right. There's been a lot of looking at what's coming out for Marvel, what's coming out in Star Wars, Bad Batch, all the kind of stuff. There's a lot of choices. Um, but this kind of feels right. So, Joseph, what do you think about this? And then I got to ask you, how does it feel to be this close to Kenobi? <laughs> oh, I'm thrilled to be this close to Kenobi. Um, yeah, I think I think it absolutely is in May. We talked about it a little while back when I think we were doing a podcast about looking ahead to what's coming in Star Wars uh, land in 2022. May just seems obvious with everything we know about when Boba Fett's ending when Andor is beginning, when other MCU shows are dropping, but also the May 4th thing to me, it's it's been built up into such a, a big thing, right? Uh, not only online, but like, you know, actual sales in, in, in the real physical human world. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think Kenobi is going to be different in, in terms of a Disney Plus show in the way Disney Plus uh, promotes it. Because yeah. I think, you know, you, you take a step back and look at Disney Plus's motivation. They want to get, they want to retain subscribers and keep them happy, but they also want to bring in as many new people as humanly possible, right? And I think that's part of the reason that they did not try to keep it under wraps that Vader is in it, right? Yeah. And that Hayden yeah. Christensen is back. This is Kenobi and Vader, uh, two of the most just, uh, you know, there there are humans who've never seen Star Wars who know who Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader are, right? Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, Ewan McGregor is, you know, to many of us, he's Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, he's also just one of the most famous human beings on the planet, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's one of the most successful actors uh, uh, of his generation. It's original trilogy. It's prequel trilogy. I think there's such a chance that Disney Plus thinks that they're going to drive numbers uh for subscriptions for uh casual fans right mm. uh for people who aren't like wow black chrysanthemum from the comic books like a lot of us but for people who are a little bit more like i've always liked that star wars yeah but uh, obi-wan uh that ewan mcgregor's coming back as obi-wan he's gonna fight darth vader cool uh so i'm very curious to see so that's a part of what makes me think like yep may the fourth when it's already a thing that everybody's paying attention to there's already going to be a million articles let's lead with that uh it just makes so much sense to me yeah uh, yeah abs absolutely it's funny, yeah anytime you talk about may 4th and we always kind of joke around here and i i always say it a lot of like that that's just only a recent thing for me since doing podcasts and so i never really star wars day was every day of my life used to always say but but i get that <laughs> but now i'm more open to that celebration it is fun like uh, yes it's it's a, it's a it's a holiday right? yeah and you can see lots of other fandoms really really you know, having mm -hmm. those kind of days that are on, on social media, but they start to uh, be involved in sales, which means they're involved in the real world. And I think yeah. uh, May the 4th is really starting a trend. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, yeah, so it makes sense. It's a big thing. And you're so right. It's so right. Uh, beyond any um, discussions on uh, Star Wars and nostalgia and new characters, old characters, all that stuff, uh, we can have those on the, these podcasts and everyone else is going to have those discussions elsewhere too. But I think you're right. You're sitting there watching streaming a, a sports contest and suddenly oh the guy from fargo is uh <laughs> the guy from train spotting's back in star wars uh and darth vader oh i like that darth vader guy i like that kenobi guy let, let me do it there and they're not going to have a debate on if it's too much or too little um i'm saying that somewhat cynically and we're burnt out by, by recent weeks of uh, star wars discussions but 
I think you're right. I think it's a big thing, and I think they're going to treat it big, and and uh, which, which leads to the when's the trailer dropping conversation. But I don't know yet. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're we're uh, barreling down on the Super Bowl. If it was going to be in the Super Bowl, it probably would have been announced by now. But like, I think that kind of like let's how can we reach the widest audience possible? I think we're going to see that kind of promotion, and also. Uh, living in Los Angeles, where there's a lot of entertainment billboards, that means uh, there's yes. probably going to be a billboard for Obi-Wan Kenobi over my local Dunkin' Donuts. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait for those sh- those photos on uh, the Joseph Scrimshaw Instagram page. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the the, uh, the uh, big professional championship game contest. Uh, do we have to pay money to the NFL if we use the other term? I can't remember. Uh, it, that's just silliness, by the way. Um that uh, I noticed today at the time of recording, Amazon's going to be, they announced that that, that, that time, uh, that game, they're going to be releasing the tease for their, their ring of power series. Ooh. So that makes me either think clear the, clear the decks. They get the, they get the, uh, the spotlight there or Disney goes not on our watch and it becomes <laughs> trailer wars. <laughs> We'll oh, in trailer wars, I think the fans will win. So that's very exciting. Yeah. That's the, that's the it's, yeah, we all win here. We all win here. So there you go. We, of course, will update. You know we'll update you when it becomes real, official, when it's on StarWars.com, or you and McGregor blows it in an interview and says, oh, it's coming out Tuesday. We'll we'll, we'll see. <laughs> or at this point, it's Stellan Skarsgård. He's like, yeah, we're shooting Andor, too. Oh, was that? That's, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're doing stuff. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very exciting. And very soon. Very soon, very soon. That is our look at Star Wars news. Before we get to your questions, we are going to recommend an audiobook for you. Joseph, what do we have? We are recommending The Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Older. It is the latest High Republic adventure. Uh, we have the physical copies, and uh, my wife walked by and went, that is a striking cover, and she's right. So I can't uh, wait to dive into this one, and you can listen with Audible. You can listen indeed by downloading your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break, reset, and then your questions here on Force Center. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Force Center, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. I'm Ken Absalom with Joseph Scrimshaw, and we have got some questions for you all here today. Two from Twitter, two from Patreon. Joseph, what have we got? Yeah, really good ones this week. They're always good, but this is a, a fun variety of questions. Uh, dancing toward the light side and the dark side so we can explore it all. So we go to first from Twitter, and this came to us uh, from Jay. Uh, Jay says, listening to Spotlight Star Wars on these special editions, great episode. So, Ken, you did that episode uh, uh, with Billy, right? Billy Patterson? Yeah, Billy Patterson from Phantom Screen Junkies and his own stuff. Yeah, and, and uh, it was Billy who was like, hey, man, you know the 25th anniversary of Star Wars special editions is coming up. I was like, oh, is that so? He's like, I need to talk about it. I need to talk <laughs> about it. And uh, I love when Billy's passionate about Star Wars. It's so fun. It was a great discussion. So thank you, Jay, for that. Yeah, so Jay was inspired by that great episode, and Jay said, And it made me think, while I was watching Under the Helmet, the Boba Fett documentary on Disney+, Plus, I couldn't help but be troubled by the total lack of mention of Jason Wingreen, the original voice of Boba Fett. They gave time to Jeremy Bullock, uh, but it was almost like they were pretending Jason never existed. I found it incredibly disrespectful. Now, I've grown to love Tim Morrison in the role, but Jason's voice is part of what made me love Boba in the first place. My question is this, irrespective of your opinions on the actual material of the special edition, personally there are some changes I enjoy and others I don't, says Jay, does the erasure of history, including whole performances, bother you at all? Thanks so much, long-time listener. Uh, thank you, Jay, for this question. Ken, this is diving into some of the hard stuff and in, in, uh, a thing that used to be kind of one of the main conversations of, of Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. of wrestling with the special editions and the availability of the originals. It's felt like a good time to revisit. So uh, I want to talk about the special editions in general, but first I want to talk specifically uh, with what Jay is saying about the original voice of Boba Fett not being discussed or featured in that uh, Under the Helmet documentary. How do you feel about that? I I understand where Jay's coming from on on, on that one there. Um, 
I don't know if I would go far as saying I found it disrespectful, but I really respect that Jay does because what Jay's talking about and what Jay's reacting to is, is Star Wars is, uh, you know, it, it's there for the legacy, right? It, we, we, if you love Star Wars to this level, if you're listening to Force Center right now at work, there's a, there's a good chance you, you know who the the guy in the pink shorts holding the boom mic was rest in peace. He passed away. <laughs> like, you know, like we're here for that kind of stuff. And it all goes into it. And, and you're right. This was the conversation of the day. Uh, even the, uh, the Palpatine change, uh, you know, uh, uh, with Clive Revel, right. I, I, like, yeah. How, you know, a lot, a lot of, how could you do that type of thing? So, so I, I really get it. And I respect where Jay's coming from on that um, point. Uh, Wind Green to me picked up where Don Franks really started in the holiday special. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you guys have not watched uh, uh, the faithful Wookiee animated short for the holiday special, I really recommend you do. It's, it's wild. It's weird. It's also Mando and Boba Fett. It is like the <laughs> first episode of that series. It is it is you can see where some of the influences are, and, and not- really like every every comic book, right? Yes, going back to like the original original Marvel run in the seventies and eighties to now, they're like well, here's just a wild adventure our characters have. Yep, and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a great watch. And Don Franks is the voice of Boba Fett in there, and I, I really do think set the tone. So I get where Jay's coming from. I I just also think. Um, if it had been a longer doc, without a doubt, I think it would have been in there. Who knows if it wasn't and it was cut for time. Um, and there's also a side of me uh, that just kind of thinks recast- recasting is the name of the game sometimes and, and just entertainment and acting and, and it sucks and it hurts. And sometimes that does happen. And um, sometimes you, you you don't know. And I, I, I like I love I'm a big fan of stunt performers because a lot of them kind of cross over the pro wrestling world. So I knew <laughs> a lot of them. And I love, I, I was a little, you know, you do, Joseph, I was a little cross, more cross off air than on about, uh, you know, some folks not getting the credit for being in Mando's outfit, you know, yeah, particularly in that first season where it was a lot of the stunt people who were, who we were seeing. Yeah. And, and I think they, they corrected that. And, and I don't think this is the same thing. So anyways, I'm going to, I'm going to end my Randall ra- ramble um, <laughs> to say, Jay, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's up to us to also keep that legacy going because because Jason Wingreen did he was part of my life my life I, I, that's the Boba Fett I was impersonating on the playground you know and I'm I'm with you I really love uh, Tim uh, Morrison and being there I like that he's the voice now it's a, it's a real good continuity thing for me so anyways I'll hand it to you Joseph because uh, I'm all over the place I think I'm <laughs> okay with it and not okay with it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I'm in that same place of uh, uh, I understand it, but I also allow myself to be bothered with it. I think for me, uh, sometimes with uh, with Star Wars content that's being put out, I want to recognize it for what it is and uh, both allow myself to criticize it, but accept it. And I think for me, with the Under the Helmet uh, documentary in particular, we did a whole long episode about it, about a 20 minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah documentary because i was so moved by by some of it and by all of the contributions involved in that picture of that that early those early times of of star wars creation but uh, i was also fascinated because that documentary is clearly a celebration of boba fett and only a celebration and did not want to get into anything that had even a whiff of controversy that's what yeah. that document is I, you know, it, it starts so strong going in so deep on the creation of Boba Fett. And I have that instinct of like, yes, I want this to be like a 90 minute documentary that talks about the ups and downs of Boba Fett. Uh, but then we get to like all, all that really great and, and beautiful stuff with Daniel Logan. Right. But there's yeah. no discussion of negative fan reaction to seeing kid Boba Fett in the prequels. Nothing. No right. whiff of it. There is uh, arguably a huge part of uh, Boba Fett's legends 
is all of his appearances in the EU novels uh, and all of the history that was built up, you know, around him. There's no mentions of those books even existing because, again, that would be dancing into a touchy subject, you know? And I feel like Jason Wingreen is just a part of that of we don't want to bring up the fact that the there's debate about the special editions. Anything that could be fan debate was left out of that documentary. So I just kind of feel like I want to enjoy that documentary for what it is. Acknowledge (laughs) that it's a celebration, not a deep warts and all uh, documentary. Yeah. And and, yeah. And I'm with you. And like one day, I don't think it would necessarily be Disney that would do it, but you know, wouldn't, wouldn't mind something like that, but uh, yeah, you're right. But anyway, I say empire dreams, you know, did have some things about uh, George and his films, but it, it's still from them. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, that's just that wasn't the goal of it. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely, I definitely felt it. I'm with you, Jay. I, I felt it that like, oh, come on, because uh, yeah, Jason Wingreen. That's yeah, as you wish. That's that's uh, that was the Boba Fett that I knew for many years. I did, I, I did have the uh, the good experience of reminding myself to like, I know Jason Wingreen has been in other things, and I I look this up and I always forget. Uh, that he also played uh, Harry Snowden, who is the bartender on the sitcoms All in the Family and Archie Bunker's Place, (laughs) which uh, my family watched religiously when I was young. And if I had known that that was Boba Fett serving beer as a kid, my mind would have been blown. So uh, it's too bad that he wasn't in the documentary, but at least this question made me remember to uh, look him up and uh, put some respect on his name. (laughs) I'm going to look that up too. I didn't. uh, That's great. Okay. He pops up in lots of little uh, roles in in movies, a a wide variety of movies. There's a super weird uh, Lovecraft movie uh, that he's in. Like I'll be excited to be on uh, Jason Wingreen watch (laughs) as I watch things. He's in that really bad Captain America project as well in 79. Oh, that's great. Oh, Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I, I remember being uh, disappointed by that as a child. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There you go. Jay, we are now paying uh, respects to uh, uh, Jason Wingreen. Oh, he was in Highway to Heaven. I watched it every Sunday with my family. Okay. Well, I'll stay. I'll stay. <laughs> yep. We could go there forever. So uh, so Jay is kind of asking about the inclusion of Jason in uh, the Under the Helmet documentary, uh, but also the general question of the special editions that um, – how are you sitting with that with that idea these days that obviously they, they are Lucas's preferred versions. They are what's on Disney plus. Uh, how are you, are you feeling sore about not uh, having the original versions readily accessible? Uh, no, no. And that's something Billy and I discussed. There's even some points where we kind of, we me and Billy, this is our experience. Um, look ourselves in the mirror and think they're, we kind of like um, them better. <laughs> In a weird way. And I'm, and I'm with Jay too. There's there's changes I really love and there's changes I, I don't like. And there's changes that the Han uh, Jabba scene with Boba Fett at the end of it at the docking bay. I love seeing that because I'd heard that for years. And, nah, you know, no matter how many times they fixed it, fix it. There's just a lot, a lot I love about that scene now. Right. I just love kind of the history behind it. Um, yeah, I, I, I as far as what Lucas did and some of the changes, I, I, at the end of the day, I'm always fine with it. I can pop in the VCRs. I, I, I can, I can look at it. Uh, I have a Sebastian, you know, um, you know, shop, uh, I almost said Stan, uh, cause <laughs> I want him to start with Sebastian Shaw, uh, you know, figure somewhere, you know, it's like, I, I get it. I get it. Um, but it's just kind of the end of the game and it all flows a little better for me when I watch it now. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I, I, 
I think this is also just a matter of acceptance. I get that they are Lucas's preferred version. There's a ton of stuff that I have come to really love about the special editions, but yeah, some other things always be like, ah, uh, I, 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 you know, I miss that beat or whatever, um, or that change or whatever. Um, but I think that, I think what Jay is saying is what's interesting to me. I, I'm not interested in, in having the age old debate about, you know, which version should exist. Mm-hmm. I wish that the originals were available purely as historic documents, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think because of exactly what Jay is saying is to kind of honor some of those performances uh, and to have that be a part of kind of our historical record mm-hmm. <laughs> of this uh, unique saga and this unique change that it's gone through. Um, yeah, I know I have them on DVD. There was a, you know, Lucas had kind of said never releasing them. And then there was this one DVD relate release in mid to late uh, 2000s where it was you get the special edition and then it's just a bonus disc and it's not remastered or anything um but so for a long time in the 2000s i just watched my dvds of the original versions um and then after a while i was like you know what i want to start watching the special editions again uh so i think it would be great uh who knows the the legal (laughs) tapestry at this point but i'd be fine with it if like the official stance is the these special editions that Lucas left to Disney, those are the films. But you can tab over here and, you know, if you can't see the whole scene, the whole movie, you can see this scene, you know, or that scene, you know, as historic documents. I think that would be great. We'll see if it ever happens. Yeah, it'd be great. Also, you reminded me of the days. Remember when George Lucas just killed Star Wars and he was the worst thing for it, according to <laughs> conversations of the day? Uh, so many for so long, he did not understand what he made. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's a long conversation that we can have. Uh, we've had a lot and we'll have again, I'm sure. But for now, thank you, Jay, for the great question. We'll move on to our next one unless you have anything more to add, Ken. No, no, no. It's a story for another time indeed. Yeah. So we're going to move on to this question from uh, Raquel Perez. Uh, Raquel says, uh, hello, guys. Uh, I've been wondering for a while now if discussed previously, tell me no. Who was IG-11 working for? I don't think it was Moff Gideon, as he wanted Grogu alive. And who was the main character holding Grogu? Why were they holding him and not selling him? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of a good question for another time, uh, Maz Kanata line in Force Awakens, perhaps one of the most important lines in Star Wars discourse now. Yeah. A good question for another time. Where do you go with this? What do you think those Nikto were up to and who hired IG-11 and all that? Oh, this is great. Also, Raquel, if I, I would love to remember all the things we discussed previously, previously to just tell you no, to just go, no, (laughs) no, not answering it. I don't remember what we said last week sometimes. Um, I, so I have, uh, first of all, I think the clear answer is Snoke. (laughs) It's just, yeah. And in doubt, Snoke is the answer. There's, they've already made one, like it's there. I, I I gotta, I've always thought of it as the same buyer. Haven't seen these episodes, especially that first one in a while. I've always thought of it, but, but Raquel's right. Uh, IG-11's, you know, prime directive being to kill him would, would put it at odds with, with Gideon or, or even, uh, Werner Herzog, Uh, you know, it would, there's gotta be someone else. And, um, that intrigues me. It's a forgotten thread in a way. It's not forgotten. Raquel's thinking about it here. I'm not saying that uh, this week in the Bo- Boba finale, someone's going to show me like, hey, that was mine. You got that little Grogu kid? I sent I sent IG-11 for him. I'm not saying that answer is coming, but it, it it could from my perspective because I haven't spent a lot, again, I haven't spent a lot of time looking at the usual suspects that might be uh, behind this uh, character. For me, the Nikto might not have known, known the true value of what they had, right? Just mm-hmm. this little pram with a little creature in it there. Um, 
it also, I don't know, could have been like wild. Like, you know me, Joseph, I don't do the theories too well. I'm just not smart enough to put them out there. But I don't know, whoever we discover rescued Grogu uh, might have something to do with it. Maybe they didn't want him killed. Maybe that was a miscommunication. I don't know. Um, there could be something bigger at play is my big thought here. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that for me, this is this is the exact kind of thing that's fun to, you know, just let your mind wander and imagine because we just don't know the story yet, right? I think uh, especially that first season of Mandalorian was just following that great screenwriting advice to start as deep into the story as he can. Uh, so he is a target of value and he's being held and that's what we need to know uh, for us to start the story and for Din Djarin to start the story. Uh, and it could be that there's not much of the story or it could be there's something really interesting and deep going on in the story. Um, I think that for me, kind of my my big picture headcanon is uh, he is rescued from the Jedi Temple, uh, maybe out of absolute altruism, maybe out of ulterior motives. There are some uh, theories uh, floating around there based on some stuff on the walls in his uh, his vision in this latest episode of Book of Boba Fett, his memory. Uh, about who took him which is uh, intriguing stuff um but my uh, and, and then all we know is right that that uh that ahsoka says and then for a long time darkness <laughs> yeah, yeah. so i feel like you know he is around uh it's not in any sort of happy place and i feel like something broke right around the time of uh the mandalorian the beginning of that story where somehow his existence was rediscovered right that he'd right. been kind of hidden from the the events of the galaxy his existence was rediscovered and a bounty was placed uh certainly by moff gideon with what appears to be the motivation of get his blood use him for experiments can we create a force sensitive creature is that going to head into uh you know palpatine and exegol and snoke uh you know maybe uh but i think it's just if you think about it from this kind of a real world perspective of a rumor ripples through the criminal underworld the scattered imperial survivor world that this target of great value is out there i think those nikto mercenaries just knew for some reason Mm -hmm. weird green baby valuable (laughs) we'll hole up with them and clearly a lot of people know that's where he is right because quill has that uh that line of dialogue about all the different bounty hunters sweeping through and ruining this peaceful place. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a little bit of this real world, like almost sort of comedic of like some people after him, you know, the bounty hunters and yeah. some of the people who placed bounties have a clue of his value. And other people are just like high value target. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, we're really presented with, uh, from the bounty hunter guilds perspective, uh, in Mando's perspective, that there aren't high price bounties out there right now, right? Yes, yeah. Because, you know, we meet Din just being kind of like a low-level debt collector, right? And then this is son- suddenly this incredibly valuable target. So I kind of like the idea that Nikto's are like, don't know who he is, what he is, why anybody cares, <laughs> yeah. but he's worth this much. So, you know, uh, we're we're holding on to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, the fact that there was more people aware, but the fact that, uh, you know, Din is the one that breaks through or, or learns a little bit more or, or I always took it as even though others were hired, I don't think everyone had that conversation with with Werner Herzog, you know, <laughs> yeah, some just got the got the email. Um, so it could be something like that. Um, yeah. Or again, it's, it unfolds. I, I agree. It, some part of me almost thinks like it, not saying it doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, Raquel's got a right question here, but, you know, it's just like, I don't know, maybe, maybe the answer is something simple. 
and we never really deal with it again. Or like I said, it, it comes back in a giant way and we get a little bit more and Dr. Pershing and everything about it. Um, and I'm, I'm intrigued for that. Yeah. I mean, I think it could be as, as simple as, you know, somebody who knows that that species is rare and that they are often force sensitive sees him and it slips out to everybody and then, well, okay, that's why we want him. Um, mm-hmm. But I could also see like some, some Imperial leftovers or, or some, uh, you know, uh, Sith acolytes uh, saying, Oh, well, we're, we're still following the mission of uh, the force sensitive beings. You know, they die, you know, anything associated with the Jedi, the die, you know? So maybe there is somebody out here, maybe, you know, Moff Gideon via the client or in a Herzog. <laughs> is like we want him alive but maybe there are other people out there going like no we want him dead yeah yeah and that could come to play yeah fascinating stuff thank you for the fun question gonna move on to our questions from our patrons on patreon first one comes from michael mccarsell uh michael says from time to time you guys have talked about the tendency of star wars toys to capture an incredibly specific moment from the movies example luke storm luke in stormtrooper armor but with wet hair uh, which of these are your favorites and why? For me, it's one I had as a kid. It is Jedi Padawan Anakin, mm. specifically from the part of the duel with Dooku when Anakin used two lightsabers. The cherry on top is that the right arm detached via tiny magnets in the elbow. <laughs> <laughs> so you could recreate the exact moment of Anakin losing his arm. I didn't realize it had the removable arm when I picked it up at the store but it absolutely blew my mind when I took it out of the box. It's another toy that I've lost to time, but I'll never forget it. Thanks. And may the force be with you. Mm. May the force be with you as well, Michael. This is a very fun question. Uh, Ken, do you have favorites of the hyper specific moment action figures? Yeah. We, we talked a lot about them on those star Wars ranked ones. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, Kenobi drinking or uh, Lieutenant Den Tony drinking and uh, Ahmed Beck. Um, all that kind of stuff. But I got to tell you, I, I really dug deep for this one, uh, Michael. Um, I, I, I have three. I have three answers here. One is an, un, an unofficial two-pack um, that is not a necessarily specific moment. It's a specific sequence, and that is classic Kenner Chewy and and three PO in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had both of those, and they're separate. And I just you know put three PO in a, in that bag, try to position it as close as I could to the movie scene, and put that bag on uh, Chewie. And you had to do the old, you had to stretch the bag because you had to put the Kenner arm with no articulation, uh, <laughs> the elbows back. And then um, once it was on, it was so hard to get on that I just didn't take it off. Right. So for years, that's I that was it. I was always it was always three PO in the back of Chewie, and therefore <laughs> I just kind of love it and love that sequence and and. Um, Love that again. If we just break away, three PO was that uh, was a great figure, man, and we love that we. And that was to me the first time that you celebrate something specific. In, in yeah, collection celebrated that. So there's that for me, uh, and then the other two going to the ninety nine line. I, uh, we it's one of those access accessories you and I and other Star Wars fans can poke fun at in a loving way. Maydeen's pointer and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but Padme and her pod race view pad is still one of my favorite things reenact Padme <laughs> watching the pod race. That is pretty great. And then the fact that they so predicted tablets is like <laughs> they're watching the pod race on just like an iPad with a bone accessory, right? There's just like <laughs> with bone handles. There's gotta be on like Etsy or eBay or something where you can find like a, a custom made iPad holder. That's that. <laughs> gotta uh, be oh somewhere. yes. Yes. I want it so much. Uh, <laughs> this is the kind of thing that I would only use at home though. Cause you know, you take that to a bar and do your work and people are like, what are you doing? Are you doing? Um, so I love that one there. And the final one for me though, it's, it's hanging on my wall and 
it was released in 2015, but gosh, it seems like I've had it even longer before that. It's just been around. It is uh, the Black Series three and three quarter line. Uh, and you and I did discuss it on Star Wars Rank, but um, it is a uh, Darth Vader Dagobah test. And it has the little breakaway oh. mask and it's, and it's, uh, you know, Luke's face there. And it's, um, I just love it. And, and I can't even take it off the, I have a bulletin board with the figures I love to display now. And like it, it's um, the, the plastic, the, the, the bubble is, I had to like glue it back on. Right. So I can't grab it because mm. it falls apart. And uh, I just love that one there too. Cause again, that as a kid fascinated by that sequence and, that was at a time, 2014, 2015. That was even, you know, doing Jedi Alliance and you and I were meeting in certain new podcasts together and Force Center came late in 2015 into Force Awakens. But it's still, I look at it and it is from an era where I didn't seek it out. I just turned the corner at a store and it was there and I was like, Star Wars, I like that. And that's why I have a special place mark for that one. Oh, that is a very, very good one. Yeah, it's like a slightly translucent cape too, right? Something like that. Yeah, it's a little far out of my view. Yeah, I can look up a Jedi business too. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just great. And it's just, uh, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a fun little thing that uh, late in life, you're like, oh yeah, I remember celebrating that as a kid. That exact moment. Yeah, I think so much of the um, the journey of uh, the Power of the Force line was, ooh, what characters are they going to remake? What characters have they never made before? And now, you know, even before the prequels, uh, the how can they make another Chewie? How can they make another Luke? Uh, so there's there's mm-hmm. a ton of these uh, for me. But the one that I just absolutely loved, and I remember specifically uh, having this one out at a at a rehearsal for a sketch comedy show that I had at my house, so I could show all my friends and go, <laughs> look at this, this is bonkers. It's uh, it was I think ninety eight. Uh, it is a Jabba's Palace like cardboard diorama, mm. but it mm. came with uh, Han uh, coming out of carbonite. So there had been action figures at that point where you could get Han in, in carbonite and you got the block, uh, but then you also got him with just, you know, the the tan shirt, right? Right, right. But this was, okay, we're trying to get more specific. And uh, it came with the block of carbonite uh, where his sort of outline is already melted out. Uh, and then his shirt is dirty and in particular, he's got a sad face, like his eyebrows are stitching upward. <laughs> and that was the first of these of like, okay, this is like from seconds of film. This is like the weird, like, you know, movements he's making with his mouth as he's unfreezing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a thing of beauty. If you find it online, you got to really zoom into his face to see like, oh, wow, that's <laughs> that's a hell of a face. Um, there's so many of these, so I don't want to spend uh, eight hours doing it. So I'll I'll just list a couple more. Uh, One that I keep meaning to pick up, I see it at conventions. I don't think I ever saw it in the store. I probably would have bought it. It's uh, from the original trilogy collection uh, sometime in the 2000s, I believe. And I always think of it as keg stand Luke Skywalker, but it's Mm. it's Luke, uh, you know, uh, doing a handstand on Dagobah, but it's all sculpted. So like... (laughs) he's in the package upside down and his hair is, you know, floating, uh, hanging down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it it looks great if you just have it in the package, but it's just, it's such a hyper specific moment. The idea that you would take this out in, in, uh, you know, act out any moment of Luke Skywalker other than this exact second where he's upside down (laughs) (laughs) really cracks me up. Um, uh, I'll, I'll just do two more. I love, uh, I love the uh, the defeat of Grievous, where the flames are shooting out of his eyes. It's like the literal moment of his death, where his uh, his organ sack is bursting. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, that one's great. Oh god, <laughs> absolute classic. Uh, 
And uh, this this got me thinking. Um, I, I have wet Obi-Wan Kenobi from Revenge of the Sith, uh, where he has dived mm-hmm. into the water to escape uh, Order 66. And I was like, I didn't collect a ton during Attack the Clones era. And it got me thinking, is there a wet Obi-Wan Kenobi from Kamino with his hair slicked back in the rain? There is, and it's affordable. So now I got to buy it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Be careful when you research those toys. Oh, boy. It's so hard. It's so hard. But it brings me so much joy. This is a really fun question for me. And maybe we can do this as a rank sometime. I, Jen, I, be I, specific. I'm thinking of it because often that's the ones you and I chose. But we, you know, I think people might enjoy just putting them all, us putting them all in the one bucket. One ranked. <laughs> we might yeah. have to do that soon. The action figure that is from only a few moments of uh, film. So much fun. Uh, such a beautiful, weird thing. Thank you, Michael, for that great question. We're going to move on to our final question from Lou Stout. Hello, Lou. Lou says, hey, fellas, Big Lou here. As I was making a sandwich the other night, I was contemplating a recent episode of Book of Boba Fett and started going down the mental rabbit hole of comparing his time spent working for Jabba versus his time working for the Empire. Then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Vader probably used Boba so much because Anakin spent so much time with the clones. Boom, I blew my own mind. (laughs) (laughs) So my question is, what are some of the new Star Wars that made you have connections like this to older Star Wars that just left you standing in your kitchen for 20 minutes with a half-made (laughs) PB&J reveling in your own genius? Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Uh, Thank you, Lou, for this really uh, fun uh, question (laughs) and a fun revelation. Uh, What do you think about Lou's revelation? Uh, I love it. And yeah, Big Lou is great. Uh, he, he listens to uh, a lot of the, the silly things I do uh, and the wonderful stuff here at Force Center. So thank you, Lou, for following me around. And uh, got a great YouTube channel, too, if you want advice on how to like build things, because I don't have that. Uh, lose, lose your man. Um, I think it's great. And I love those moments. And I love and, and I'm even having trouble. Like I, got, I always go over for my notes either Sunday night or Monday morning over coffee early. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know my answer. I can't think of the answer. This is I have one. But I'm like, I, I, I want that drop your peanut butter and jelly sandwich moment that Lou's having here. <laughs> um, and theories sometimes do that for me. I remember the first time the big theory of, uh, well, Boba Fett might have been the one that uh, killed Owen and Baru. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, you know, that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> that was like five, what, five, ten years ago when that was kind of getting big. Um, yeah. So I love those moments, Lou. That's, uh, it, it, we talk about the importance and Star Wars affecting your life and focus determines reality, can change your day. And then those moments where you're just like, Oh man, yeah. What if Luke, uh, What if Darth Vader, and Boba Fett, like hung out? <laughs> and we're, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really like this idea because uh, we've seen so much in books and comics, in particular, that like Vader thinks of Anakin as weak, and he killed him. Right? He got rid of him. Uh, that's what yeah. he says in Rebels. Right? Uh, but he certainly reflects on and uses all of the knowledge and experience he gained as Anakin. Right? Yeah. So yeah. if there is a little bit of like, yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I recognize that voice and I value it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know I can get the job done. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. There are a lot of uh, little and big moments like this uh, for me. I think this is a, a, um, an opinion that many people have now, including, uh, you know, Matt Martin from the story group has tweeted about it a couple of times, but uh, I remember initially approaching the, the way the Jedi dress uh, right. Mm-hmm. We saw Obi-Wan in the kind of the Jedi robes and then Yoda kind of had similar and they, they kind of became Jedi robes. And then, you know, Phantom Menace comes out and that that's very much Jedi robes with variations. And uh, then the critique became that like, well, this doesn't make any sense because, you know, 
Owen Owen Lars wears that. Is Owen Lars a Jedi? This doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And I remember for me being like eh, troubled by that for a while, and then yeah. one day thinking like, well, what if it's that's the way the farmers dress, and Jedi <laughs> are dressing in the plain robes of everyday people who do hard labor, <laughs> yeah. because that's their philosophy of we don't need anything fancy. We need mm-hmm. something that is somewhat formal. Uh, so that it can be evoke our traditions and our similarities and our differences, but we don't need uh, we don't need Lando capes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. need signs of stature. Stature. We need something uh, of flowing and utilitarian. Yeah, you know, uh, and like, ooh, yeah, and just uh, enjoying that a lot. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a great. Uh, yeah, so that was a big one for me. Um, this is, uh, I think, a thing that people would be like, yeah, that's not a revelation. That's just the story but at the mm. time it was a, a revelation for me because people weren't talking about the prequels and particularly yeah. in my in my social group people weren't talking about the prequels it, it, as though they had value it was all criticism right yeah um and, and, and there'll be a couple i like this beat i like this beat but i think for me the first time i i i, was, I really thought about revenge of the sith a lot and the first time i kind of rewatched the original trilogy after revenge of the sith and really connected with oh Anakin fell because his fear of losing Padme was manipulated Mm -hmm. and then realizing, Oh wow. Vader does the exact same thing to his son. That's how he almost, that's how Luke almost turns to the dark side. When Mm -hmm. uh, Vader says, Oh, so you have a twin sister. If you will not turn, perhaps she will. And that was one of the, one of the beginnings for me of really unlocking, like I'm going to stop trying to push back against the prequels and look at what's Mm -hmm. there, how it connects. Mm, that's great. That's that's is that where it all began? <laughs> uh, one of the, one of the many uh, stops along the way because I think this was around the time is like nobody wants to talk to me about Star Wars if, yeah. unless it's maybe to just kind of make some fun jokes. This was definitely much like Lou. Uh, I was not in a, the uh, kitchen. I think I was brushing my teeth. <laughs> think about, wait, uh, yeah. final one for me, Ken. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, thinking about this most recent episode of Book of Boba Fett. And there's this great debate out there that we're, I think we're going to try to kind of dive into of um, what kind of choices Luke is making for Grogu and, and where's Luke at? Is he making good choices or are we seeing the beginnings of uh, some of uh, his uh, failures that he is upset about in Last Jedi? Uh, great discussion uh, for another time, as mm-hmm. Maz Kanata would say. But what really grabbed me, because there's so much in that episode to think about, Luke's got that very nice line to Grogu when he first gets <laughs> whapped by the training remote. And Luke says, get up, always get back up. Mm. And I think that's such a Jedi philosophy. I think that's a lot of what Kenobi is in his journey on Tatooine is finding a way to get back up, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's what Luke is failing to do in the first half of The Last Jedi. He's failing to take his own advice. He's just not getting back up. He's just going, yeah. I failed. I'm going to find all the reasons why I'm right <laughs> that there shouldn't be, uh, that the Jedi shouldn't be anymore. And it's not taking his own wisdom from the past. Mm, I love that. That's some great stuff there. Yeah. Uh, I, I had, um, I was trying to think of the, like the, what, the, the, the drop your sandwich moments. And I, I, I want to talk about this one because it, it's already, it's like a, yeah, well, duh, but after Solo, and, and I know there's some thoughts and, and different opinions on L3 becoming one with the Falcon. I, I get that. We've, we've uh, touched mm-hmm. on that, and we can hap- uh, you know happily touch on that again. But in the moment, um, 
I'm caught up in the movie, right? And and then afterwards, and then it's before you before you go to Twitter and people have oh my oh my god that means this right that happens all the time yeah um before that moment very organically I think I just was like oh but that means that means L three was given three PO the what for in Empire <laughs> <laughs> oh I love right? that you know? <laughs> like and there's other connect and then uh, some people have. Uh, you know, pointed out, I remember in the days again after the movie, it was, well, you know, her, the, her is the Falcon in any way, shape or form, sending them to Lando and the Bespin system and all that kind of stuff. But I just had that, that's a scene I've loved as, and laughed as, at, at a, as, a, as a kid, right? Just the Falcon and 3PO having problems talking to the Falcon. And, and, that, and that very organic moment, not in the movie because I'm watching the movie, but then afterwards yeah. just going, wait a minute, that means, and I just, I just love those moments. I do love them. Yeah, and I think this is what's so great. Um, you know, you can absolutely pick up on those connections on on social media. You know, I think a lot of sort of parallel thinking, parallel examinations, or sometimes somebody points something out that you'd, you'd never thought of. But I love the moment that you're describing, and I think what Lou is really describing of just opening yourself to, like, uh, thinking about the different beats, the different relationships, how they might connect, and discovering things. For me, that's just, like, a huge part of what the the joy of Star Wars is, is, you know, opening your mind and seeing how a couple of different ideas might intersect. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Yeah. So and those I are our questions. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, go sorry, ahead. No, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you the moment we start recording, I'm going to have five more that pop in my head, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. And if you have a full five, then we have another episode of Ranked. <laughs> I've ranked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think this is turning our into <laughs> our, and you've got a stew of like, anytime we come across the list, that could be a Ranked. Be Ranked. Excellent. Excellent questions. Thank you all. That's it for the questions, Ken. That is indeed. That's it for the episode. Oh, a lot of fun as always. Here we are on the way out. If you'd like to know where you can connect with us, ask us questions and more. You can find us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We are on Instagram and YouTube as well. Thanks so much for those who are listening on YouTube and uh, leaving fun comments. YouTube can be a interesting place comment wise, but well, we love uh, the Four Center people over there checking in and comments and likes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, really helps as uh, we you know uh, add YouTube as kind of a regular part of the show. No cameras, no things yet, but who knows when we start working on other things, uh, we're getting a lot of interaction over there. So find us on YouTube is uh, the the moral of the story. Uh, Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. Podcasts available on a lot of different spots, including Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. We always say from there, you can plug into our Discord where a lot of Four Center friends can hang out with you. And you know, with a lot of the uh, just uh, feelings out there on, on Twitter, <laughs> the passion, as I was trying to say, uh, if you want a, a different way to discuss Star Wars, including, hey, this didn't work for me, or what do you guys think about this? Our, our Discord is a really good spot to hang out, and you can get through that uh, by uh, supporting us directly on patreon.com slash center. Any level of support. Uh, you can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, Cadnapsock.com. I've been mentioning it, but a lot of fun, a lot of Saturday nights. I've been doing it live now. Uh, my music show, Pop Rock and Radio on Mixed Club. Some Four Center friends are popping in there too, uh, like Lauren Romo and, and others. Uh, really uh, just a fun time to hey, hang out. I play music like an old time Wolfman Jack DJ, and you dance along in your uh, living room if you'd like. So follow me there. Uh, uh, for uh, uh, where we like to, my charity focus, I'm, I'm sticking with the St. Baldrick's Foundation. Foundation.org uh, uh, for a while. Go to stbaldricks.org um, because I'm supporting my friend Jeff, who 
who has uh, his uh, works with them. And every year they do, uh, actually year round, but every year he does a, a head shaving event to raise funds and awareness for St. Baldrick's Foundation so they can help conquers, uh, conquer kids' cancer. They do a lot of great work, a lot of money raised going into research, support, um, and so many wonderful things. So go to stbaldricks.org uh, for that uh, if you'd like to uh, get more in uh, support. Uh, Joseph, what do you got? Yeah, you can find me uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can find all of my other comedy adventures on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. I want to continue to highlight uh, this uh, initiative called Illuminative. Uh, here is what the group says. Created and led by Native peoples, Illuminative is a new nonprofit initiative designed to increase the visibility of and challenge the negative narrative about Native nations and peoples in American society. They have a lot of great projects going on. If you want to learn more, uh, possibly donate or get involved you can go to their website at illuminatives.org do it do it do it great stuff indeed very fun episode thanks for your questions thanks for uh listening and for kenobi we're gonna join you in that hut very soon we'll see us next time here on foresight Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.